0: Welcome to chat with the designers again your live online biweekly presentation for home brewers, experimenters, and radio enthusiasts across the fruited plain. I see a marvelous group of uh, people here uh, some uh, some that have been with us for a long time, some that have not um, and we welcome everybody here and hopefully you'll get a chance today to um, understand and see what we do here on a regular basis. So I wanted to. Uh, this is the uh, this is the episode number eighty oh sorry number seventy eight Elmer one hundred one series one or episode one. And uh, what we're going to be doing here today is hopefully Joe has been able to kind of uh, set the stage for in my in my tardiness is uh, start going over what we're going to be doing here in the Elmer one oh one series and specifically with the um with the SW thirty plus kit and uh which is the serving as the basis for the Elmer one oh one series. The um the webpage, hopefully everybody is on the webpage. Um uh Joe, you did you get a chance to kind of point them to that? I just did. Good deal. And you'll still, when you get to the webpage there, um, which is always accessible from our homepage, uh, chatwiththedesigners.cwtd.org, you'll get to the current episode, which, uh, man, it's going to take me a little bit of time to kind of get back in the groove for this this whole thing. But uh, um, even though the tab maybe that you see at the top of your browser says April 28, 2015, That was the last time that we we started or tried getting going on the SW or the Elmer 101 series, but uh, it indeed shows a nice, beautiful red uh, enclosure for the chat with the designers SW30 plus uh, 30 meter CW transceiver. And um, what we're going to be doing today is uh, not only talking about the Elmer 101 series and the approach that we're going to be doing, and I think, we in, we listed that at the very top of the page in the welcome section. But uh, we're going to be going through the uh, um, the kit, what we have available in a kit, which is able to be ordered, um, well, virtually right now. And the reason I was late coming here is that I kind of got bollocked up in the web pages update and my FTP upload program, and it's not going well for the actual um, ordering page. Um, suffice to say that as soon as we do close down this episode at nine o'clock, I'm going to go finish that up and take about 15 minutes. So um, um, we will indeed, by the end of this episode, <clears throat> be able to order the uh, the SW30 kit, and uh, we'll again go through some of the uh, components and background for it. Of notable um, mention. I might say, and you can read all of this in in the uh, the manual that we wrote for it. At least the starting point for the manual, which is uh, about oh two thirds the way down. Let me see. Yeah, below the uh, the the images of the schematic that didn't show for some reason on this page, and that's part of the untangling that I need to do. Um, you'll see a manual, the CWTD SW30 manual. Followed by Dave's original man, Manuel. Uh, I've been moving really fast here today, folks. Getting things ready while doing a little bit of the day job along the way as much as I uh, needed to as well. But that, um, our chat with the designers version of the SW30 manual is really, really cool. And I think when you get a chance to see it and go through it, you'll appreciate uh, everything that's kind of lying in front of you as you if you are indeed intending on uh, purchasing the kit and uh, you'll have a chance to to go through this in a step-by-step fashion along with the design team who I wanted to kind of uh, list off, enumerate here right now. Um, No particular order, but uh, Joe has already been speaking. So I wanted to mention that Joe has been integral with uh, me and us, the team and uh, kind of getting things going on the kit and, it's taken a while to do that. As, as many of you know, we, we've been kind of hoping to have this available for the last year or so, a little bit more than every year, and it's been a long road <clears throat> fraught by uh, uh, day job interruptions, but mm, even more notably was uh, I had back surgery last year this time, this month last year, and it turned out to be a lot more than I thought it was, even during the time that I was recuperating, I kept saying, yeah, it's not that hard. That's not that hard. And then I would kind of nod off because of the uh, medications that I was still on. But thankfully, earlier this year, uh, that has all uh, ended. And I am healthy as uh, <laughs> as I can be at this uh, this particular age. And um, and thus, I've been able to kind of, uh, uh, Joe and I have been able to, to kind of pick up the loose ends from chat with the designers during our mutual recovery periods. Joe was kind of uh, still recovering from his thing last year as well. So last year was a recovery period mostly, and we are back. In fact, we are back so well, in every meaning of the word, I guess, both uh, physically and and mentally primed to get get going here, that we're going to be having a chat with the designer episodes on um, an every other week basis. Every other week, two times a month, um, and I'll let you figure out if that is bi-monthly or bi-weekly or what. somewhere in between, but, but every other week, we'll be having an episode here of Chat with the Designers uh, for a couple of reasons. One is we, are, uh, we have a lot of great material to cover here with the uh, Helmer 101 series. Um, we'll be starting it tonight. Uh, and with some of the, uh, you'll recognize some of the the page material that we have the last year from last year when we uh, when we started, but got interrupted, and um, that really fundamentally hasn't changed too much, other than we really developed the kit in very close, wonderful cooperation with Dave Benson, K1SWL, the uh, the great kit designer that. Uh, Uh, that many of us uh, um, hold as as our own mentors. And and, uh, as I put uh, in some of the word, the introduction there in the manual, he's kind of like the, uh, he's inspired the dreams of so many hams who want to have some kind of a special project for this or that. Uh, Whether it's a transceiver, frequency display, amplifiers, um, AM operation with his... uh, Retro 75 kit. I mean, all sorts of history from Dave. And um, we've had wonderful cooperation with Dave in, in bringing about the SW30 again. And as we mentioned, we tapped into the um, the reservoir of the great pool of information that others who have done the SW, sorry, the um, the Elmer 101 series, uh, before and we've uh, actually provided a lot of their reference material here on the uh, the chat with the designer pages as well. Um, but instead of just kind of using their material, we we took a novel approach in that uh, in the uh, rebirth or the reprise of the uh, SW30 transceiver we wanted to really put our own personal touch on it and to that extent continuing my my uh listing of the team members here wanted to mention that uh, another another guy mike um mike w a a b x n who is here i see him someplace oh i said w a a b x n and mike is here and has uh i call him the uh, the advanced scout in the manual and um as the advanced scout, Mike was the first to get the uh, the circuit boards that we had made up. Again, uh, graciously, the, the Gerbers were graciously provided by uh, uh, Dave himself. And uh, we got the the boards made up. You know, there's all sorts of a story on that one. Well, when we get a chance to relax, uh, talk in a relaxed manner, we can talk about some of that too. But uh, Mike grabbed one of the boards and, and built up the... Um, built up the kit um, to essentially prove out that modern parts can still reproduce a design that was done 20 years ago or so. Now, you might say to yourself, "Yeah, resistor's a resistor, capacitor's a capacitor. Well, taint so. Uh, as I'm, I'm going to toss the mic over here to Joe in just a little bit and, and ask him to talk about component differences from then compared to now and that'll kind of highlight or underscore the uh some of the challenges that were in front of us and bringing back an old design uh through hole parts my goodness uh, there's a lot of parts that are no longer available as a through hole part only smt and if you've studied if you looked at some of the uh, sw30 design you'll see that there there are no surface mount parts Thankfully, so for some of us who can't see as well as before. And um, I'll tell you, it was in, in my own building up of the prototypes, and, and Joe is building up his, and Larry is building up his. All of us on the prototype um, build um, cycle um, have really experienced what it is again to build kits with through hole components. We're <laughs> we're hoping to bring some of that adventure, that excitement, uh, back to this crew, the chat with the designers group, and anybody else who's going to be doing the kit along with us. Um, but just to, to finish off the the team before I do throw it over to Joe to talk about components is uh, so I mentioned Mike as the advanced scout. Um, Joe is a measurement extraordinaire, or me- measurementeur as one might say, extraordinaire, Um, was able to help um, and iterate with Dave uh, specifically for possible problems that we might uh, experience with the parts of yesteryear with today's available parts of Mauser and DigiKey. And uh, as well as uh, um, work with us. Oh, golly, Joe, it was... uh, Oh, the VFO component, uh, the very cap and uh, measuring and matching the crystals. We'll get into talking about all these details a little bit downstream, but two very important elements of this design are those the very cap and the matched crystal sets. So, um, so Joe played an absolute instrumental part in there. And lastly is the, um, is the eagle eye. Of uh, Larry K3PEG and I think Larry is here as well Um, I'm looking yes he is Um, so Larry Larry's been working very closely with me as far as parts ordering procurement correction of part numbers finding alternative part numbers receiving the parts and kitting up the kits well suffice it to say that all the kits are sitting here at my feet right now as we speak. So that is uh, really sufficient evidence that Larry has uh, indeed been on the ball with us all and helping to bring these uh, these kits to the chat with the designer um, scene and to the Elmer 101 course that we're offering here. But I just wanted to mention that it is a wonderful team that uh, we've been working, I've been working with. and. Uh, and and we've had some fun putting this uh, all together, even though it's taken a while to get there. And we're not going to go under that bridge again. But that is water over the bridge, under the dam, or however you want to look at it. And uh, we are here now and are ready to rock and roll going forward. Uh, we have a couple more partners to mention, but we'll get to that in due time. But Joe, I wanted to kind of turn it over to you and maybe chat for just a few moments about components and, and component come come this is right off the top of my head here but componentology and being the component to- componentologist that you are i figured uh, you could lend some great insight to um uh, what we've been doing
1: all right thank you george yeah um yeah, as, uh, as george mentioned uh trying to reproduce a 20 year old design gets to be fun um even such simple things as uh, resistors and capacitors get to be a joy because um, resistors are not so bad. You can still get through hole resistors that uh, are approximately the same physical dimensions as they they were uh, 20 years ago. Although um, if you've ever bought a grab bag of parts from eBay, um, you can uh, attest to the fact that uh, the colors aren't the same. Red isn't red anymore, and orange isn't orange, and brown is not brown. They're um, somewhere in between. So you have to be very careful when you uh, buy the components that um, uh, you're actually getting what you need um, by the color code. Uh, I had an instance some years ago, even, even when uh, through-hole components were more common, where I worked for a company who built a um, uh, test set for a uh, digital watch, and it used CMOS parts. Well, the darn thing didn't work. Um, the uh, the watch chips being CMOS didn't have much drive, much uh, current drive capability. And as it turned out, uh, we had some off-brand resistors, and what we thought were uh, 220K resistors were 2.2K. And the chips just didn't have enough drive to um, uh, to drive them. they were pull-up resistors. they were actually uh, weren't pulled down the ground. So we had to go through the the test set. There were about uh, 20 points, 20 um, pinouts on the chip. We had to go through every resistor in there, and as we found out, it was a mix of resistors some um, some were indeed um, 220k and some were 2.2 K. So the point there is that um, uh, when you buy resistors, be darn sure that uh, you know what you're buying. And um, when you get, um, I would recommend even with this kit here, um, I would measure the resistors with an ohmmeter to be sure that they're the right value and uh, that the the funky colors don't throw you off and and you get the wrong wrong, uh, resistance value because things won't work too well. Another thing that has proven interesting is um, some of the capacitors. Many of the capacitors in the kit are used in um, tuning applications, and as such, they need to be high Q capacitors and very temperature stable. Well, they're they're mostly uh, what we call NP0 capacitors, capacitors with a uh, approximately plus or minus 30 part per million temperature coefficient. Um, And they also tend to be, they also are high Q. But when you go and buy components, you have to be extremely careful because um, another name for um, one of the manufacturer's names for NP0 capacitors is C0G. Um, And most of the time they're designated, if they're disc ceramics, with a, um, a black stripe at the top of the capacitor, but not always. So when you buy the capacitors, if, uh, if you buy from a, if you, generally if you buy from a good source like uh, Mauser or Digikey, uh, you'll get the right parts. But uh, sometimes if you buy from uh, eBay or, or some other source, uh, you won't get the right capacitors. And believe me, it uh, won't work too well if uh, you get in that bind. The other thing that proved to be interesting was, um, as George mentioned, the voltage variable capacitor used to tune the uh, tune the radio. The original design used a, um, I think it was an MVAM109, or no, it was an MV1662, as I recall. Well, uh, they're no longer manufactured. So when you go searching for them, they're tough to get you can't get them from the normal, uh, component suppliers. You have to either buy someone's old stock or you have to buy something that someone says is an equivalent. So we found that the, um, I think it's the MV 109. George can correct me if that's wrong, but, uh, we did some experimenting, checked the tuning ranges of both and found that the MV 109, which is another discontinued device, but available in more quantities, uh, did the trick and it gives the appropriate tuning range uh, for the radio. So that that was, um, well, we were sweating a little bit over that, whether or not it was going to work properly. Um, crystals were not an issue. The quartz crystals, they are still available in through-hole um, uh, packages, and the characteristics um, have stayed the same um, pretty much. And uh, as george mentioned we uh, we did go through and we tested every crystal in there and matched them up in sets of uh five crystals so that um you can just plop them in when you get your kit and you'll you'll know that they're they're going to be on frequency, and the um the bandpass of the uh, i f uh, will be appropriate um The other issue that was interesting was uh transistors the small signal transistors are not too much of a problem, but again, the uh, the RF power transistor that's used in the final, um, the original part number is, am um, not sure that it's being manufactured anymore. If it is, it's rather expensive. So uh, George had to do a little hunting around and uh, scrounging, going through various vendors, and he finally found a vendor who, uh, who could supply what we needed. And uh, as he proved in the the kit he built, um, and I, I assume Mike did too. My kit's not done yet, but will be soon. But as, uh, as was proven, uh, the replacement device uh, is appropriate. Um, things like uh, magnet wire and toroids are still available. They're not too much of an issue. And, of course, the printed circuit board uh, with the printed circuit pattern uh, turned out okay. I believe George also had an issue with... Uh, finding small enough uh, tuning potentiometers, tuning and volume potentiometers. So he had to do a little uh, mechanical revision to the way uh, the board and everything fits together, but um, was able to get that going. So it was a, it was a process and um, uh, quite a learning experience uh, as things went along. Uh, a couple moments when we were sweating, Jay was going to gonna be able to pull this off get everything we need and get in the quantity we need and do it at a price somebody can afford. Um, it's it's no good buying a part uh, that used to be a dollar that's $10 now. Um, that's just not acceptable. So um, a little bit of uh, legwork and some uh, brain power and some bench work. Uh, we were able to, uh, to pull it off. And I'm not sure, but I think I've covered the components in, Pretty good depth. I'll turn it back to George and uh, see if there's anything uh, I left out. Go ahead, George.
0: Well, thanks, Joe. And I've been able to uh, get a little bit of uh, some of the untangled nature done, uh, but not all. We'll get to that uh, when we get a chance. Um, One of the things that we wanted to mention, too, right out of the shoot, because I'm not sure... If we've mentioned it too much in detail on the um, on the list, the chat with the designers list was that pretty nifty looking red enclosure um, that uh, you see pictured there. And um, sometime, oh, golly, it's been, I don't know, Craig, I don't know if it's been, has it really been a year since we started that too? Craig, are you here? I heard a chuckle. Maybe that was just his heavy breathing. Yeah. I think Craig is there, but maybe his PTT isn't working or something. Nope. Just gone, gone offline. I think, uh, I think it has been a year. Golly. I'll tell you when you're on drugs, <laughs> uh, medications, um, time sure goes by quickly, or at least when you look by it, uh, A lot has happened, but uh, nonetheless, some time ago, um, I reached out to Craig. Uh, We've collaborated on many projects in the past and uh, had some great times doing it together. And I knew that he's just a a wealth of information for some novel, good ways to approach some solutions. And I I said, Craig, what do you think we could do for a cool-looking enclosure, uh, for this uh, this reprise of the chat with the designer, you know, board, circuit board. I'm sorry, with the uh, SW30 circuit board. Well, as it turned out, a long story short, and I'm going to turn it over to him again. Maybe your uh, PTTs working now, but um, Craig had a great idea, and that was to use a technique that he found um, great success in in his Easy Keyer, the Easy Keyer. Project that used PCB materials that were specifically notched and uh, along the edges to interlock with each other, assemble and interlock, and be easily soldered, such that you had perfectly orthogonal types of uh, joints, three-dimensional joints that were nice and perpendicular to each other. And further, what was really stunning—I got the, the Easy Keyer back then. Uh, the Easy Cure kit, which I guess uh, which is was then and probably and, and is still offered by the four state QRP group. Um, great great bunch of uh, guys there and and great kits that they offer. Uh, but I bought the kit, the Easy Cure kit, nice purple uh, purple enclosure, quite appropriate for Baltimore uh, Ravens kind of thing, and uh, put it together. Man, was that cool! So Craig said. I bet you I could do something like that for the SW30, and the rest is history. Craig, are you back online here? Oh, no. Still no go. Don't know what's happening, Craig, but uh, no audio is coming through. Your PTT light is going off just as soon as you you hit it. No worries, though. We'll catch up uh, when you do get it working. So Craig uh, had a great idea to come up with a really nice enclosure, a little bit larger than most necessary, which, as it turns out, I'm, I'm holding it in my hand here, the enclosure, and uh, it is just like fits fits like a glove, uh, very nice, nicely done, as you see pictured. And uh, one of the coolest part of that is that it's uh, it's got red solder mask, so the color. Is the solder mask? It comes right straight from the uh, the fab house that way, and the uh, the silk screen uh, the labels are silk screened, so there's no labeling that you have to do. You put it together, you solder the inside box, and you can see the inside box if you scroll down the um, down the whiteboard that we have here. And even though it's a little bit of a, a wacky perspective, it looks deeper than it is. Um, because of the camera focal length um you see how the board fits in there quite nicely, and there's a lot of room for expansion in there, a lot of extra little circuit boards that might uh, one might want to put in in there together uh with this s w thirty and um and it just is so nice so that as it turns out is an option that we are offering with the s thirty transceiver kit um when you get to the web page, which is the e-commerce part of this uh, that's, that's handling this for us and chat with the designers, you'll see that there is there um, is an option to get the enclosure. You can get the uh, the board kit, what we call the baseboard kit, uh, the base kit itself, which again is pictured uh, partway down the uh, down the whiteboard. You'll see that it's a board, and you see many tentacled, uh, the external components that are connected in by uh, twisted cable to the respective spots on the circuit board are, uh, are all part of the base kit. And, um, um, uh, that turned out to be an, an interesting challenge unto itself. I think Joe, you, you mentioned it, but I wasn't able to get the smaller pots and trying to find the bigger pots and, Uh, The bigger pots wouldn't fit in quite as originally intended. And I needed more space in the mounting of the circuit board. Anyways, you'll see this when you look through the manual. But we came up with some pretty elegant solutions for how to package this. And I don't know about you, um, but for me, I enjoy the building aspect of, of ham radio probably more than operating. Although I've been getting into more operating these days as I chase Joe around the eastern coast. And during his National Parks on the Air uh, adventures. And he's I've sort of caught the bug a little bit, just trying to catch other end poters, as I call them. Um, so I do a little bit more operating. But my, my true love is in building. And for me, the building part isn't done until I get it enclosed uh, in some kind of a fashion that can sit rather uh, haphazardly on the bench without worrying about shorts or... Um, uh, wires uh, dangling and, and getting in the way of something else, or worst case, uh, zapping myself. Not with 12 volts, but I play a lot with tubes too. And you get zapped a lot with things if they're not packaged up and working with high voltage. So anyways, um, which, which just kind of brings us back to uh, the packaging aspects. This is, a, this is an important part that I felt, and in talking with the team, they felt as well, that uh, yeah, going, uh, going in partnership, in partnership with uh, with, uh, with Craig, Craig to, to provide these, provide these uh, this pretty nifty enclosure was was thing to do. I wanted to mention Craig and let's just do a check back on Craig. Do you have your your audio worked out yet, Craig?
2: <laughs> I hope so, George. Can you hear me now?
0: Uh, Craig, are you there? Uh, I. No, I'm kidding, Craig. You are. We can hear you well. Go ahead.
2: (laughs) Okay, I finally got the the push-to-talk worked out properly. It was uh, coming off too quickly. But anyway, yeah, it's been a real pleasure working with you, George, and trying to get this case put together in a nice, attractive format that uh, will be uh, fun to finish off the kits with. Uh, I think it comes out to be a nice, it still looks homebrew. Uh, It's not a professional uh, off-the-shelf box that you'd buy. it still looks very, very homebrew and very neat and very finished uh, when you put it together in the box. So I was very pleased with the way it came out, and uh, I'm happy that we're able to offer it as a, a add on to the add on to the beautiful project. We're looking forward to it.
0: Uh, good deal, Craig. Thanks, and thanks for joining here today. I think uh, I think you'll be able to, along with uh, the rest of our team here, be able to offer some insight and. Guidance as we put things together and, and see them work on a stage-by-stage stage basis. And speaking of that, um, when you get a chance, and during the show here is fine, if you scroll down, <clears throat> you can see the manual. I was able to update things and have the manual show properly. This is the uh, the uh, chat, the designer's version of the SW30 manual. It's got a, when you do open it Either up. By the way, George. Yeah, Joe.
1: George, um, if you want to see the updates that you're in there, you have to refresh your browser to get it to come up. Uh, good point.
0: Yeah, thanks a lot. Um, I did make updates while Joe was speaking. So um, if you're watching, if you're looking at your browser right now, the um, our whiteboard there at org, stroke SW30, just hit the refresh button or the refresh circle or uh, just refresh your browser. And you'll see any changes that were made most recently. And again, when you scroll down there, you'll see the manual, and it's a picture with uh, the, a blue rectangle with CWTD in it. That's the manual we're speaking of. In that manual is the uh, is is in in great part the work of Mike WABXN. And uh, Mike, I wanted to maybe toss the mic over to you just for a few minutes. And maybe if you had a moment to, to kind of chat about your early adventures, Joe mentioned that you are building, um, um, building up a prototype. You actually built the first prototype back a year ago, well, back in the fall, uh, late fall and kind of proved things out, paving the way for us to actually be building with the exact components that we had provided in the kit. But it was your, your um, step-by-step observations and such that we captured in the manual. And uh, for the benefit of everybody here, an acknowledgement of you and your work is fabulous work. It undoubtedly, um, the manual itself has a bunch of little typos. And Larry, K3PEG, is helping me to kind of shake those out. And so far we've got many of them. But we'll be making additions to the manual. But Mike... um, Mike, you did a, uh, again, a, a step-by-step um, assembly chronicle of of the kit. Um, I'm not sure where you got the steps, you know, step one, step two, step three. Maybe it's from, it wasn't from Benson's manual, but it might have been from another. You kind of called together the best of, uh, kind of a best of series, the best of the Elmer 101 uh, documentations and, and made your own, and put some very astute uh, guidance for not only what components to insert and highlighted uh, the components on the board layout every step of the way, but um, you put some observation kind of lead in to every section. And the reason why I'm elaborating on on this this very aspect is this is the document that we're going to go through in step-by-step fashion starting out two weeks from today. Um, we're going to be going through, and, and hopefully, um, well, all of you who will be ordering the kit will get it um, as early as this by this weekend. Um, and uh, you'll have a chance to start building it up. This is the manual to use, along with some other references, as we allude to. But this is the manual that we'd like you to be using because this is the manual that we're going to follow that Joe and I and Mike and and Larry. And we're going to be kind of going through this uh, on a stage by stage basis, essentially, which includes actually the test and measurement for each of the stages, which also um, includes. Uh, in a in a manner similar to well those uh, those of you familiar with chat with the designers from past we've had a numerous episodes um, called uh, analyze this kind of a Robert de Niro thing analyze this um, but um, in the analyze this episodes we would take a circuit and we would really kind of break it down to nuts and bolts and understand its operation the elect the electrical and RF principles of its operation. We're going to do that same, analyze this approach region the stages. Now, some are going to be relatively straightforward. Some are not so. And that's where kind of we hope to pique the interest not of not just the newcomers, but some of the, the more experienced uh, attendees here on the show. And we look forward to doing that uh, a lot. And Joe and I have been preparing for this uh, for almost a year now. But uh, we're there and uh, we're ready to rock and roll. This is the manual you should use. But Mike, with that kind of a background, can you tell us a little bit, just to summarize some of your exploits and and the fun that you had in doing this uh, upfront legwork?
3: Well, I sure can. Yes, looks like I am transmitting here. Uh, to answer your question, this order of steps basically came from the Elmer 101. Uh, series of uh, courses and the various renditions of them. And uh, I, what I wanted to do in particular was uh, update those steps to include the particular parts that we needed for 30 meters. And uh, that's what I went through and did. Uh, I've been very interested in this SW series of transceiver when uh, Dave originally brought the, uh, the, brought them out. Uh, I did build uh, the 40-meter one. I built an 80-meter one. Uh, I got a kit of parts uh, and built a 40-meter Manhattan style just for the fun of it, not using the circuit board. So uh, I have had uh, quite a bit of experience over the years with this design, and I think it is a really fantastic design. It's simple enough that uh, I think many people can understand it, It goes along with the theory that, uh, well, at least back when I got my license, uh, we were supposed to kind of know a little bit about superhet uh, receivers and things like that. Uh, So it's just a great design, and it works. It it works pretty well for the rig it is. It's inexpensive, and uh, there's a lot of possibilities for modifying the circuit Uh, One of the things I've uh, kind of wanted to play with is uh, a DDS uh, VFO, rather than a free-running VFO, for example. And that could be uh, part of, then, a uh, digital uh, display of frequency and uh, do all kinds of neat things. So, uh, I had fun with this. Uh, I had, uh, in past years, brought up a lot of the parts needed. For this particular design, so I had the transformers, the IF transformers. Uh, I bought uh, the final uh, RF amplifier transistors. Happened to uh, get uh, a fairly decent price uh, from Amazon. Uh, Amazon has an amazing selection of parts available, uh, and with the Prime two-day shipping, I can get them pretty quick and. I really haven't had any problem with parts that I've gotten from Amazon. So uh, that's another uh, source to consider uh, when you're trying to find things. Unfortunately, they don't have them now, what I bought uh, for those transistors. But I I think this is just a great, great project. And uh, I had a lot of fun doing it. And I hope that uh, there's going to be a lot of other people buy the kits, put them together, and uh, have a lot of fun with them as well. Okay, back there uh, to you, George.
0: Well, a fine recap, Mike, and I really agree with you and in, in your comments about it's a, a, a good kit and um, it's a performer for the single board that it is. Um, I mean, it's not going to be a Flex fifteen hundred or six thousand or whatever the latest and greatest there is, um, but it's a super head, super heterodyne design, which has amazing benefits over. Um, some of the, uh, the direct conversion rigs that many of us build up with simple circuits and so on. Joe and I will get into that uh, a little bit, uh, well, probably not too far downstream, so maybe uh, certainly the next episode. Um, and like you said, it worked. I, I, I think Larry might, Larry uh, K3PEG might uh, argue a little bit with me on this. It worked first off. Um, the, uh, Thanks to your instructions there, Mike, and uh, um, a little bit of uh, referral back to Dave's original manual. And uh, golly, it it worked really first off for me, essentially. By the way, assembly time, if you might be interested in this, uh, you listeners, is that the assembly time was probably about two good evenings worth of work um, on the bench. In order to get it uh, put together so for me that's that was probably and i took my time and kind of documenting things along the way as well but probably took on the order of uh oh maybe four hours mike what was your what would you say is an average build time um would be for this
3: you know i can't really make a good guess on it i was doing a lot of notes with it but uh for someone that's built kits before yeah, probably uh, four to eight hours uh, should do it.
0: Yeah, I think so too. I was sorting out some uh, oh, some of the parts. I want to toss over here to Larry um, for a minute. Uh, again, Larry K3PEG is the uh, is the uh, uh, he and I refer to himself as the elf, uh, kind of like Santa's elf. And as an elf, he has been my right arm in so many ways, from the from an operational standpoint with these parts. <clears throat> and we were ordering parts. I'll tell you, these little suckers, even though they're not SMT, the only parts that were available in in um, in MM, um, monolithic uh, multi-layer MLCC, Joe MLCC?
1: Yeah, MFCC.
0: Yeah, so monolithic capacitors, and whether they're NP zeros or or C zero Gs or or not, um, they're small. I had a a USB microscope that turned out to be not enough magnification and get the right in order just to make sure that I had the darn parts right. I could barely see these things, or so their little markings on the blue capacitors are so tough. So. Larry had a great idea, and that was to make up a parts card. I didn't get a chance to copy that sheet, but uh, I'll be documenting the contents of the kit. Like in within 24 hours, I'll get additional information on the uh, the order page, and you'll actually see what the kit looks like. Um, but he whipped up a a one sheet, you know, eight and a half by 11 or so, um, listing of all of these small parts, mostly capacitors and uh, taped them to them. We see that technique a lot with surface mount components because there ain't no markings on a lot of surface mount components, resistors, capacitors, so it's necessary in some fashion to to indicate uh, um, what their value is by taping it to something else. Well Larry took the same approach and thankfully there's uh, for every of the small parts that you have, um, for example a 470 microfarad or picofarad uh, capacitor Um, there's no way that you could distinguish it from the 15 other capacitors Uh, that look look identical identical to it. it. And as a result uh, this has been it all you have to do is just kind of take a part off and stick it in the right spot so that's really good. Rick did you have a question while we're here? I'm sorry you were speaking to me? Yeah, your Vox came on or something while I was speaking. I just didn't know if you had a question. Okay, no, I've just been recording. I had, had a meeting that I had to attend at the same time. Uh you said something about a uh an order page. Yeah, we'll get to that in a second. Uh we do have an order page um, set up. Um and I just wanted to get through a couple more and then we'll kinda of point people to the uh to the uh uh to the essentials. Okay, I'd missed it. No, no, not yet, um, Larry. Um, while we're talking about the parts and the kidding, anything that you wanted to kind of point out in, in the kidding effort and things like that, parts sheet or whatever. Uh oh, maybe no, uh, no audio there, Larry.
4: Okay, I have to hold the key down. Is that right?
0: Ah, yeah, uh, sure. that works.
4: Yeah. Okay. I'm not uh, familiar with this. Um, Parts kidding was interesting and uh, George and I tossed a few ideas back and forth before I started it. And I said, anything that you want, I'll follow and uh, we'll try to make it not easy for a person to build it, but easy to identify the parts because the capacitors that they mentioned, some of those things were laser etched, I believe. They weren't marked like the old components with a chisel and a hammer. They're very difficult to read. You have to have, a, have the uh, attitude of the light hitting it in the right direction. And I use a seven X I loop to read those values. But um, apart from that, I have a device that I can read capacitor and resistor values with rather handily. And uh, it's another one of these great things uh, that I found on the internet. And uh, we'll mention that later on down the log here. The um, kidding effort was uh, supported by my wife and her mother. They insisted on helping, so they did some nice work on protecting the potentiometers and the knobs from being all scratched up because they wouldn't allow me to just toss them into a bag. So there you go. So I had help there, too. Much appreciated help. So hopefully um, you all enjoy the kit when you get it. And uh, don't believe everything you read. I mean, check the components, like Joe said, get yourself a a capacitance meter, a cheap one, and, and measure these things because things happen, you know, mistakes are made, and sometimes the parts are bad, which is very rare, but sometimes it is the case. That's about it for me. Um, I've uh, gone through the assembly manual and uh, I built mine up. But unfortunately, mine doesn't work and receive and uh, it does transmit. And uh, so we have a little troubleshooting, but I got to walk away from the thing because at my age, 70 things start to blur, you know, and that's even without medications or whiskey. Back to you, George.
0: <laughs> Fine business, Larry. And thank you again for your great assistance with the project and as part of the team. I think we'll be continuing to kind of uh, uh, do things together on this very kit and, and others. And I forgot if I mentioned, or Joe, I think you mentioned that I was able to use the kit. I used uh, the SW30 to, to contact you down in Virginia uh, over the weekend. Um, during one of your n um outings. I had to put some boots on it. I, uh, the, the one and a half watts that I have mine set to probably wouldn't cut it too far, um, at least with all the other activity that was going on. So I connected up a little bit of uh, amplification, as they say. Uh, I won't say how much, but not, not here anyways. Um, and I'll, I'll deny it um, if... Uh, Feet put to the fire, even if feet put to the fire, but uh, the kit was working great. Sensitivity is cool. Great frequency range, 35 killer, 37 for me. And the kit, uh, Dave Dave Benson goes through especially this aspect of getting it uh, calibrated um, or adjusted. Actually, is a better word is getting it adjusted for optimal frequency uh, excursions. But that's cool. Okay, before we kind of uh, point to the grand finale over here, um, I wanted to mention one other um, partner that we have in the adventure um, of uh, the the SW30. And that is, again, I mentioned them earlier, the the four-state QRP um, group. Uh, Craig, are are any of them – I'm looking down, scanning down the line, uh, the names that are logged in here. I'm not sure if anybody has checked in here tonight from – from four state, do you know what they are? Okay, I'll... I'm
2: sorry, I'm sorry, you have it now? Um, uh, at the top of the list, AC0BQ is Johnny, and he's one of the kit uh, extraordinaire people from the four state club, and uh, one of the people that keeps the thing going, so yeah, he's in there.
0: Okay, good. I see he's not uh, got his microphone on, which is fine. <clears throat> not not everybody has a microphone uh available or set up on it, but if you can hear us, I uh, wanted to acknowledge you guys for sure, and I'll tell you why. Um, continuing in the, the spirit of having this be a Dave Benson uh, reprise, design reprise, uh, bringing back his designs, um, we had a we had a great conversation, Joe and I, about what what else we could do in this, uh, with this kit as far as accessories, what would be really useful. One of them, one of those ideas was to have a frequency display. Now, putting an LCD and a microcontroller on here is, is maybe not the, uh, the thing to do, at least right now. Um, some of us would argue that, uh. There are some other things that involve microcontroller and displays, and we'll get to that later on, but but not just for displaying the frequency. So, some kind of a frequency counter, and voila, it came to our minds simultaneously that um, the Freak Mite, Dave Benson's uh, Freak Mite, is a great uh, product that, um, uh, addition to this. And, son of a gun, if the Freak Mite wasn't being um, produced already, reproduced, re-reproduced by um, the four-state QRP group. So I contacted the good guys over there and um, kind of explained what we're doing here and see if they wanted to kind of enter into a little bit of a partnership and son of a gun, they did. Uh, So in a nutshell, what we did is um, we are making available at a, uh, a price that is less than, um, uh, than what's on their webpage. It's a discounted price. Or the Freakmite kit. Um, and again, you'll see this uh, built up on their page, but also on our order page when we get to it in a moment. And um, um, this is a nifty little board. If you've not used the Freakmite before, it's a really cool little audio frequency counter. Bottom line, it's a frequency counter, right? So if you have the input to the frequency counter coming in from the uh, from the, the from the R, if you tap the RF uh, directly, or you can you can tap into the IF and put an offset in there, you can have the frequency um, of the uh, uh, frequency of operation for the little rig announced by means of Morse code. So in other words, whenever you would tap a little push button that um, is not yet pictured on my unit, that is on the web on the whiteboard. But you would see, you would hear through an internal piezo speaker, sorry, Joe, it's just a speaker, um, a um, uh, a beeping that of Morse code either, I think it's 16 words per minute or 25 words per minute. It's uh, selectable. And uh, it's a really handy way to determine exactly what frequency you're on. Uh, The dial is good. It's a swing of 37. kilohertz 35 advertised kilohertz from stop to stop Um, but um, knowing precisely where you are has obvious benefits and this is a nice inexpensive way to do it so our hats are off to our friends at the four state qrp group for playing along with us in this project and uh suffice it to say this is going to be a fun adventure if you decide to to kind of get that option too which we um We're able to ship these options, by the way, both the enclosure and the Freakmite, along with the base kit um, right when you make the order. So they are available here now on the other side of my feet, uh, on the left side of my feet, uh, along with the base kit, which is on the right side of my feet. And we're ready to rock and roll whenever uh, the orders come in. So that's a, that's a, a a good news kind of thing. Okay, before we break and move over to the uh, the kit ordering aspects, are there any questions right now? There's so much that we've, uh, well, we've covered in the past, we're going to be covered in the future. What we wanted to do in this episode was to kind of present a, a highlight, an overview, a broad stroke, a broad brush stroke of, of what's lying ahead and really hope that if you do get the kit that you decide to follow along. I mean, the whole reason for this, uh, doing the Elmer 101 series, is to help all of us in our understanding of the electronics, the operation, the RF aspects, the idiosyncrasies of how circuits interact with each other and interface with each other, whether it is in matching impedances, whether it is special component considerations that are made, all of this by nature of you, of most of us being in here today is evidence of your interest and excitement in those dimensions of ham radio. And those are precisely what we're going to be talking about. So again, it makes it just really nice for the newcomer to electronics or let's say us old timers who haven't been into electronics for as much time uh, as much as uh, um, some of our other activities. This is a great, Learning vehicle. It's a great platform, and at the end of the day, you get a nice uh, project that works and and works well. So, any questions before we kind of move on to the uh, to the next uh, to uh, how to order the part, uh, how to order the kit? Silence is golden, or so say the uh, the four seasons, I think. Um, alrighty then. Well, if you go down to the two thirds point where the, where we have them, um, oh gosh, I think it's the schematics just before or after the schematics. Let me take a look here. Okay, so it's about uh two thirds down the page where we have the red photos, the nice photos of the red enclosure and such. There's a link that's uh, there for Order the Kit. Now the good news, bad news, and by the way, if you're not seeing it there, I'm going to put it in the chat window as well. Okay, so I put a link there to the order page. Now, um, okay, so the good news, bad news, as I mentioned when we opened up the show, was that uh, my FTP client was not – operating properly and um, if any of you have done website uh, maintenance and design and such uh, you got to make sure that the file that you're working with is the same is in the same directory on on the server as it is on your local machine if it's not you could broken links and yada 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 But that happened to me and i was able to untangle most things um, except for the actual ordering part uh, the the part uh, the steps, the, the link that you do for actually placing the order. So hold on. Don't, 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 uh, curse just yet. But, uh, at the bottom of the page, we, well, first of all, at the top, we, <clears throat> we offer, or we, I detail the, uh, um, the three things. It's the base kit at the top that, uh, that shows all of the tentacles coming off with the cables and, uh, the controls and the knobs. And, uh, that's what you get with the base kit. Then there is the option for the um, for the enclosure, Craig uh, Craig's red, really nifty red enclosure. And then below that is the freak mite. It's just a small circuit board that is uh, also an option. Um, and if you go down to the very bottom, well, sort of to the very bottom, you see the ordering information. And there you go for the prices that. Uh, Um, that are being offered for these uh, particular kits Um, um, as soon as I get and the part that got tangled up was the uh, if you've ever dealt with PayPal there's a certain way you got to do things and setting up your buttons and the links to your buttons and there's aliases to the links of the buttons that you put in there and it it just wasn't working right for me as I was getting it finalized I was hoping to be able to snap my finger and say okay now the part uh, the ordering is open I will be able to do that, snapping of my finger, uh, roughly at about 20 minutes after we hang up here. So um, I will put a note out to the list saying it's ready. And at that point, uh, you can indeed. You will be able to click on the little PayPal links there um, or send inf- uh, send check, money order, green stamps, IRCs, whatever, uh, whatever currency might be your uh, particular druthers joke. Um, And, uh, we'll get this, uh, kit onto you starting as soon as, uh, as soon as we get things processed here. So, um, as it indicates there, um, uh, the price for the base kit, which includes the circuit board and all of the, uh, the controls, um, and the knobs is $49. The, um, the, uh, Craig's enclosure kit is $18 and the freak mite itself is $16.15 so um that's the prices for each of those and of course you will add shipping shipping will be added the shipping fee will be added uh to that priority mail here in the us overseas uh use uh, airmail uh, and who knows if it'll get there but nonetheless that's uh that's it and uh I'm wondering if there are any questions about this as far as the ordering is concerned.
2: George, can I jump in for one second?
0: By all means, go ahead.
2: Okay, just uh, one clarification. Uh, The Freqmite, you talked about uh, when you push the button, uh, the uh, frequency is announced in Morse code with a little piezo or speaker. Actually, uh, the output goes right into the audio chain of the radio, so you hear it in your headphones. Just like the rest of the audio. So it's gonna be loud and clear and headphones. You don't have to take your headphones off and hear what the little thing is beeping. So it should be all automatic and you'll hear it strong and clear.
0: Oh, thanks so much for that clarification, Craig. You're right. You're absolutely right. I'm remembering my freak mite from, from years ago when I when I built it into some of you guys might remember the Sierra. The Wilderness Sierra rig. Um it was a marvelous modular um rig, um, from, um, Wayne Burdick originally from Wayne Burdick picked up by Wilderness Radio and, uh, the Freakmite was an option there and I just loved it back then. And that's what I was recalling, but you're absolutely right. There's no speaker, PAs or whatever in there. Um, while you have the, uh, Craig, did we, did you, did, did we want to mention anything about other accessories along the way, or did we want to hold that until it's uh, digested a little bit more?
2: Well, I can mention it. Uh, um, We're still working on details for it, though, George. Um, We're trying to figure out. We have my easy keyer that we offer now as a standalone box through the uh, four states QRP club. In fact, Johnny's the super kitter for that one, uh, AC0BQ. Um, And um, we're looking at the possibility of offering just the board, um, to mount inside the box here uh, inside the enclosure and uh, feeding that into the normal chain also so that uh keyer would be available. Uh, you plug in the the paddles into the uh, outside there and it would automatically key the keyer. And uh, we are going to look, we're looking at options, okay, because the current keyer has three push buttons for three messages, and uh, one of the versions even has a, a spot, uh, speed control. Uh, we might offer a very simplified version of it, and that's what we're trying to figure out now, how to do it, how to price it, how to make it work great. And we haven't, we just started talking about this, so uh, just getting uh, people a uh, little used to the idea, and it might come coming, hopefully, before too long, we'll be able to talk about it more.
0: Thanks, Greg. And it is great news because I was only able to use, to, to use this. Uh, I, I had a QSO before I QSO'd I, I with Joe, and I think I broke my wrist using the straight key. Uh, it's still sore from the other day. Um, and this is almost not a joke, but um, straight keys are not, my, are, are not the most fun. Um, there is a place for straight keys, of course, besides straight key night but uh, um, showing ham radio to a kid and, and all of that. Uh, but I was only able to really carry on a, a good QSO and then um, connect with Joe out on the trail when I plugged an electronic keyer that I have external to the box here. So an easy keyer, son of easy keyer or PCB only, well, not PCB but, uh, um PCB and components only version of EZ or version 1 2 3 4 5 some version is going to be a really really cool addition and you can't see it too well right now I'll get some other views on on this little box but if you the the top just unscrews there's uh I guess 632 nuts um uh, screws that hold the top into place and um <clears throat> And you take that top off, and there's lots of neat room there's a lot of overhead, as they say yeah overhead room and you can screw some boards in there um velcro them in if you don't don't want to put anything any marks in your uh, in your kit. There's a lot of good things that you can do and even just put a minimal push button in there to get uh uh to get access to the command mode for the Uh, the keyer, much as there's a push button that would enunciate the frequency from the mite. And by the way, I wanted to mention um, this is kind of important since this is a limited run kit. There's only we're only able to allow one per person, at least uh, during the first rush. Uh, We want to be sure that that there's enough to go around. So if you're going to buy five and put four on the shelf for later, that's not going to work. And we'd appreciate you kind of working with us and not working around that. Um, uh, the freak mite and the enclosure, I believe that we can order as many of those as you like, and in fact that might even be encouraged um, and by the way, can you imagine what you could do with a nice red mating enclosure just like what uh what we have for the enclosure right now sitting atop it, one on top of the other? Or sitting side-by-side. Hmm. I can think of all sorts of nifty accessories. From microcontrollers to displays to audio filters to, boy, you name it. And it would sure look pretty cool. And anyways, doing that with another red box there would be really easy. Wouldn't be tough to, uh, to, uh, handle the front panel being a little bit different and there's all sorts of homebrewing techniques and I'm sure will surface. But keep that in mind as you go along there and, uh, um, that'll probably, uh, do us. Do you, does anybody have any questions here before we break for the evening? Okay. I didn't hear anything. So, uh, going to turn it over here to Joe to take us home, as uh, I normally say, but we're going to meet here again next week, the same bat time, the same bat channel, and uh, we're going to start getting into nitty-gritty technical technical stuff, stuff. starting with... Two weeks, George? Oh, sure, Joe, go ahead. Two weeks? Yeah? You said next week. Oh, did I say next week? I meant to say next time, two weeks from now. Yeah, and an every other ba- every other week basis. Thanks, Joe. Um and uh, we'll be getting into a much nittier, grittier discussion about the technology and, and the uh the technical aspects of the design and issues that might come up during the uh that stage of assembly and testing. So we'll probably I'm, what I'm gonna do is probably uh get another uh, build up going here locally and uh maybe, um, be able to, yeah, I won't, I won't spill too many of the beans, but we're thinking of a live broadcast, a live video broadcast that, uh, we will augment, we're, that we'll be able to augment our shows with, uh, here in 2016 as we re-pick up, uh, the, uh, uh, the whole sequence of chat with the designers. Um, there's a neat, uh, there's a neat product called Zoom, Z-O-Z-Z z-o-o-m, z-o-o-m. If you think about that, um, or if you look into that, you'll see that that's a nifty, free video conferencing capability that doesn't have any limitations. Uh, and I think it can easily handle the 30 or so that we normally have chatting uh, checking in here. So think of the normal audio that we do do, 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 and uh, think of an, uh, a video window off to the right that that shows Joe especially while he's talking and me while I'm measuring. And uh, you can get a good vision of maybe some of the possibilities that are coming along with chat with the designers. So I'll say my thank you to everybody here now. And as soon as I hang up, I'm going to get to work on closing the links on the ordering page. Stand by for another 15 to 20 minutes. I'll give a um, an email on the list when it's ready. Uh, you can count on it and uh, look forward to, having you all play along with us as we uh, build up the SW30 and go through the Elmer 101 series. Joe, take us home.
1: Very good, George. Thank you. Yeah. um, Glad to be back on the saddle here with the uh, chat with the designers. It's kind of a, uh, kind of a missing hole that uh, in the, in the time period that uh, we've been able to, been unable to uh, present this. I'm glad, uh, glad we're back, back in the saddle, so to speak, and healthy, which is uh, just as important, on both uh, George's and my part. What we did tonight was to uh, reintroduce the uh, SW30 to uh, talk about the uh, upcoming Elmer 101 series. It'll um, be some discussions, some handholding, some descriptions of uh, what's in the uh, SW30. The 30-meter transceiver, um, kind of had an overview of what it looks like, um, both from the uh, board, the bare board aspect as Dave Benson sold it, and also uh, yeah, with the addition of uh, some options to uh, to make it more useful. The uh, the case, the uh, nifty um, printed circuit board material case that uh, A0 um, No Shucks Craig, whatever it's called, is. I, I always get it screwed up that he came up with and uh, and the addition of the uh, mite for um, uh frequency uh, enunciation. So we've tried to uh, give an overview of what the whole project's about, give you an idea of um, what's there and give you a flavor for uh, flavor of uh what's going into uh, pulling this whole darn thing together and uh, introduce the team who's been working on it. Um and very shortly when uh, George manages to get all the uh, the links set up, uh, there'll be an ordering page set up so that uh, you can start ordering them. Um, thank you all for participating tonight, um, and uh, we look forward to um, look forward to having a uh, uh, another session, the uh, ongoing sessions on this and uh, building it up and getting a whole bunch of people on 30 meters which happens to be one of my uh, favorite bands. 73 all, see you in two weeks. Is there some way you could offer? Could offer what? Oh, an option that would